Lord. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. How many came to receive today? Praise the Lord. All three of you there. Let's try that again. How many actually came to receive today? All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, you, you kind of fought, you know, kind of came out and did all that through the snow. You might as well get something. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I do. I appreciate everybody coming out today. Praise God. Amen. And uh, we, even have, uh, we even have somebody from Florida today. Praise the Lord. Mark, you might as well introduce her. Come on, stand up there, buddy. Introduce her. Come on, I know we just make her feel uncomfortable as we can here. Sydney from, hey, Sydney from Florida. There we go. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, you got to come all the way out this way. You got to at least acknowledge it. And, amen. She's going to think, I ain't never coming to church with you again, buddy. Well, we're glad to have you, Sydney. Good to meet you and good to have you today. All the way from Florida. It probably was a little warmer in Florida, wasn't it? 70 degrees. 70 degrees. All right. All right, all right, all right. Stop rubbing it in. Leave it alone. All right. God's good, amen? Yep, they have white beaches. We have white roads. That works. That works. All right. Praise the Lord. God is good, amen? We're going to go to the book of Judges today is where we're going to hang out a little bit. The book of Judges in chapter uh, 6, if you will. And uh, we're going to talk about a man named Gideon a little bit today. And um, we have, over the last, you know, several weeks, been talking. Uh, well, actually, it's, you know, 2019 uh, is the year of empowerment for us. Amen. Here at Word of Victory, that's what we felt the Spirit of God told us. And so every week, you know, we're coming at different ways, uh, uh, really just the insights and things that will help um, Help you be empowered. And so we've been talking about some do's and don'ts and different things like that. And so uh, we've talked about, you know, willingness. We've talked about making right choices. I think that's what we talked about last week. Uh, choosing life. Look at your neighbor and say, choose life. Yeah. Smile real big at him again and say, it's better than death. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, smile again at him and say, choose the blessing and not the curse. Right? Come on. Amen. So we, we, we dove into that last week and... Um, today, I'm, I'm going to talk about really uh, receiving uh, what He has to say about you. Amen. How I many know you've got to believe and receive uh, you know, what He says about you? You know, if you ain't going to believe what He tells you, then it's hard to get empowered when you keep rejecting what He tries to tell you. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and I'm talking about specifically about who you are. Amen. What you can do, what you can be, praise God. And so um, Gideon becomes a pretty good example uh, of, of that. So we're going to back up into, let's see, chapter 6 here. We're going to go, let's just kind of come in about verse 6 here. And what's happening in, in, in context is the Midianites every year, they come up over the hill and they steal all their crops and kind of mess up their day. And basically just been ran, they've been ransacked for years. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's like seven, the last seven years here, they've been ransacked. And so... Uh, we're kind of taking it up right there. So Israel was greatly impoverished, all right? And the reason you're impoverished is because they keep coming and taking your increase, taking your profit, taking your harvest, all right? And that's what happens when, uh, when that happens. You get impoverished. 
Uh, it says, So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Amen. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Everybody say, It's about time. Amen. Well, there's something to be said about that, right? So obviously there was, you know, they're calling out to God here. And it says, uh, because of the many nights, and it says, And the Lord sent a prophet then to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. Okay? I mean, now he's trying to let you know, listen, I've done this. He's trying to let me know, and I'm not your problem here. Are you still with me? Now you're going to see that as we kind of get into this text. He's, I'm not your problem. I deliver, I, I deliver my people. Come on. All right. And I, I bring you out. I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you out of the house of bondage. And basically what he's trying to say is I can deliver you from Midianites and any other ites. There's all kinds of ites. You know, if you kind of go in there, they're everywhere, you know. And uh, so he says, I can deliver you from anything. Amen. And he goes on here. In verse uh, 9, And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you. So not only did I deliver you out of that land, I delivered you from, the, from their hand, whatever they were doing. The things that they did to oppress you, to bring you under, the reason it was called the house of bondage, all the things they did to you, I delivered you out of that. Come on now. So, I've delivered you out of the hand of all who oppress, amen, and drove them out before you and gave you, look at it, and I also gave you their land. Still with me? I mean, oh, God's never your problem. Smile real big at your neighbor and actually mean it this time. Say, God is not your problem. Well, sometimes, you know, due to things that go on, we have a tendency to kind of look up and point her finger at God and go, you know, how come, you know, how did, what did I do to deserve this? Come on. And it happens. People think that way. And uh, so he goes on to say, also, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now, that was the problem. Okay. The reason all this was coming on him was because of the fact they wouldn't follow God. He was trying to lead them. They wouldn't follow He'd speak to them. They wouldn't, they wouldn't give heed to it. And as a result of it now, remember we talked about last week, uh, that anytime you're not going to listen to God, amen, uh, you know, you walk out from under that, uh, the hoopah, right? Right? In other words, the covering. That's a Hebrew word for the covering, amen. And what's under that covering? The blessing, praise God. So anytime you make a decision uh, to not follow God, you just have to understand there might be a consequence to that. And it's not God doing anything to you. It's based on choices. Are you still with me? Now, I'm not trying to depress anybody. Come on now, look at your neighbors. I know you made a few bad choices. Some of you are like, I ain't saying that to her. Uh, no, no, no. We've all made bad choices. Yeah, and some of you made a few more than others. And we've all paid some consequences to bad choices. Can I have see any honesty in the house today? I might have to pray for elbows here today. We've all done that kind of mess. And we've all experienced some mess because of the fact we just weren't giving heed to God. We were just doing our own thing, you know. And so what's happening here, the Midianites now are coming over the hill all the time because of the fact 
you know, there's no covering over them. So the blessing's gone, and they're just losing their harvest left and right, and now they're impoverished, all right? And he's trying to say, listen, I never was your problem. I can deliver you from anybody. You know, he mentions Egypt because Egypt was the most powerful nation at the time. I can deliver you from the most powerful nation on the planet. And everything that they've done to lay hands on you, to whatever they've done, I can deliver you from all of it. In fact, I not only can deliver you from it, I can give you their land. So I'm not your problem. Amen. So just, you just got to hang on to that. So anyway, they're all calling out now, which is probably a good thing. God, we need help. We're, we keep getting mowed over here and we're tired of it. Well, that's, it's a good thing. Call out to God. Praise God. And so here we are now in verse 11. It says, Then uh, the angel of the Lord came and sat under a terebinth tree, whatever that is, and was, uh, you know, they were in Ophrah, okay, whatever that place is. And uh, it says, which belonged to Joash, amen, the uh, uh, Bazarite, okay, and I, hopefully I pronounced his name right. Uh, While his son Gideon, here we go, threshed wheat, or literally means to beat wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. So what we got now is this is kind of a common deal. Uh, if we're going to get any of our harvest and we've got to go out there, sneak it and grab it, bring it in, hide somewhere and thresh the wheat, uh, beat the wheat to get the crop of what best we can, try to live off something. Come on, somebody. And he's hiding. Everybody say he's hiding. All right. Now, so the angel of the Lord, then verse 12, appeared to him, all right, and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. So who is he? That's not a trick question. Who is he? A mighty man of valor. Okay, the uh, interlinear says a warrior of might. The New Living Translation says mighty hero. Um, Message Translation says a mighty warrior. Um, I think the Amplified brings out like a uh, one of fearless courage or something like that, I think. And uh, so um, he's, what he is, is he's calling him who he is. You're a mighty man of valor. All right. And verse 13, Gideon said to him, dude, I think you got the wrong address. Uh-huh. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us. No, 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 no. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Verse 12 says, the Lord is with you. Come on now. But you know how things are. Come on now. Uh, pretty soon, you know, here comes the questions. You know, um, I wrote some things down, and I just think, because this kind of this kind of happens a lot of times, you know, for us. Um, you know, the conditions we get in sometimes, it, ain't, it didn't happen overnight. Now, it started with a choice. It started one night. Come on, somebody. And then pretty soon, you know, time starts moving on, and, and you know, all of a sudden, um, we have loss. In this particular case, maybe even some casualties, depending on what happened in the beginning. You know, maybe seven years ago, maybe the, maybe the Israelites fought the Midianites as they came over the hill. We don't know. And uh, maybe they had some, some losses, some casualties, okay? Um, you know, anytime you talk about, you know, 
you know, given place to the enemy, and then you got warfare going on, there's going to be some loss. Are you hearing me? Are you with me? But we're talking about things that start happening, okay? Uh, after a while, um, you try to, uh, you know, count your losses, you salvage what you can. Uh, pretty soon, uh, everything just starts stacking up. Uh, nothing seems to change. Year goes by, another year goes by, another year goes by. Now, pretty soon, we're more intimidated than we are, you know, that conqueror thing kind of starts going out the window. Is anybody hearing me? Now, this is kind of what happened to the Israelites. And it's no different than you and me sometimes. If you don't watch it pretty soon, this stuff is just ongoing, and pretty soon it just keeps taking. Are you with me? All right. Pretty soon you stop fighting and you start coping. I know it's nobody in this place, but it's for the people watching by Internet and listening by Internet. Come on now. No, this is what happens. See, pretty soon it happens, and a year goes by, and a year goes by, and pretty soon we're no longer even fighting. We're hiding. Are you with me? We're just coping with life. And if you don't watch it, then it's just, you know, we, we think that if we'd stop fighting, that pretty soon there'd be no more losses, but the enemy don't work that way. He comes to steal, kill, destroy. He never stops, and the more you give him place, the more he takes. And the idea is to take everything you got. Now, I know there's nothing, nothing you know, uh, real thrilling about any of that. You know, so I'm not here to try to depress anybody. But I am trying to tell you, if you go back to verse 12, it says, The Lord is with you, and you are a mighty man of valor. You just forgot that. You just didn't come into understanding about that. Come on, somebody. Now, you are more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. The Word says you've been led into all triumph. The Word says He's given you the victory. Come on, somebody. Come on. You're, you're, uh, you're redeemed. You're purchased with the blood of Jesus. You're, you're the righteousness of God. You're, you're forgiven. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're no longer your past. Amen. Come on, somebody. So there's all kinds of things that the Word has said about you and me. And in this Bible, in this Word, um, you know, it's called in 2 Corinthians 3, He calls it the mirror. Amen. He says, it talks about the, uh, the, uh, the veil being pulled back and looking into the mirror of God's Word. Amen. And that mirror, praise God, begins to reveal the glory of God. And it says, and you're being transformed into that image from glory unto glory. Now, when you look into a mirror... What do you see? Your reflection. You see your image. Amen. And you have to understand that that's why, that's why we grab this book. That's why we meditate on this word. That's why we get our nose in the book. So we find out who we are. So we don't end up like Gideon. Are you still with me? So we're not all caught up because of years of being pummeled by, you know, Midianites. Thank you, brother. Or any other rights. I was going to mention a few other rights, but we'll leave those alone. Come on, somebody. The point is, it happens. So, so we have to remember who we are. Amen. Now, um, well, let's, let's look at some more of this story, because Gideon actually gets a hold of it, right? Takes him a little while, and, uh, and it might take you a little while 
Some of you might be thinking, Pastor, you just don't know. You don't understand my life. You don't know what I go through. Well, I, I, maybe I don't go through the same things you do, but I have just as much warfare as you do. Come on, somebody. We've all got some kind of battle going on or some kind of warfare going on somewhere. Come on now. We've all got areas that we've had to press through. Amen. We've all had things we've had to let go of and grab hold of. Come on, somebody. Things that should be left behind, things that we should be reaching forward to. Are you still with me? All right. So anyway, let's get back to verse 13. Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then, then why has all these things happened to us? Well, earlier in the book, it tells us in this chapter, because they weren't listening. They weren't giving heed to anything he was saying. But he, he's, you know, after a while, you start just questioning everything. So he's questioning, why, why has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about? saying, uh, did the Lord uh, bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us or abandoned us, amen, and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. No, the Lord didn't do anything to you. But that's what happens pretty soon. Now, I, I, the reason I think Gideon's a good example is because we've all probably been here. And it's real easy to go there. I mean, we got the greater one on the inside of us, and sometimes we forget that. We have all of heaven's resources at our disposal, and sometimes we forget that. We have the Word of God. We have the armor of God. We have the Spirit of God. We have the presence of God, the voice of God. Come on, somebody. We have everything that's made available to us, but sometimes we forget about that. And pretty soon, the battle, the warfare, all that kind of stuff, maybe it just starts letting the air out of our tires a little bit. And if you don't watch it, we're no longer fighting. We're no longer putting on the armor and leaving it on. Come on, somebody. We're no longer leaning on God and, and diving into that word and grabbing our promise. Amen. We're no longer walking by faith. We're more moved by how it looks or how we feel. Now, listen, we're not here to condemn anybody, but it's an easy thing to get into that mode. And pretty soon you're just coping. And as Christians, we're not called to cope. We're called to conquer. Hallelujah. That's what we've been made to do. We're the head, not the tail. Above only and not beneath. Amen. A price was paid for you and me. Amen. And we might as well just receive that, accept that, and move forward in that. Amen. Look at your name and say, you mighty man of valor. Or if it's a woman, you woman of valor. Amen. I better make that right. Amen. Hallelujah. You person of valor. There we go. Hallelujah. Now, let's go back over here and look at this again. Okay, so where are all those miracles? What, you know, it's where, the ifs, the whys, the wheres, amen, but, come on, all them kind of things. Verse 14 says, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? You notice he didn't even give heed to one thing he said there. Gideon's standing there waiting for some answer. He wants all his questions answered. Is anybody hearing me today? Sometimes we're always trying to figure out what went wrong instead of just saying, who cares? Just it all went wrong. <laughs> Put it behind and let's go forward. Amen. Sometimes we're too busy trying to analyze everything. 
Don't get me wrong. I, I've learned that if you just move forward, God will start giving you answers. But if you want to just sit there and waller in it and spin your wheels waiting for some answer, it isn't worth it. It's better to move forward. Look at your neighbor and say, let's keep moving forward. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's easy, too, to pass blame. In this particular case is, you know, he's blaming God. You know, I thought God delivers people. Where's he at? I thought God does miracles. Where's he at? I thought God protects his people. Where's he at? Come on. So it's a blame game, finger pointing. Come on now. Um, years ago, I heard a statement. I, um, of course, it was said years ago because uh, JFK made the statement in one of his speeches. He said, it's our task, uh, pardon me, our task is not to fix the blame for the past, but to fix the course for the future. I like that. Amen. Amen. So to me, um, you know, I'd rather just latch on to my future. Amen. You got to have more faith that God is, amen, able to move you towards your future, amen, than the enemy kind of dragging you in your past. You know what I mean? Or whatever, however you want to word it. But uh, somewhere along the line, I tell you what, let's just do this. Look at your neighbor and say, somewhere in your future, tell them that. Something great is about to happen. Right? I'm ready for something great. Come on, anybody else? All right. Praise the Lord. All right. All right. Verse 14. All right. So uh, it says, the Lord turned to him. All right. Now this, I looked this up here. Um, um, he, didn't, he didn't acknowledge what he had said in verse 13. Now, how many know it, it's, it's all one thing? It's, he didn't stop and say, okay, verse 14. No, no. Anyway, <laughs> Rick, stand up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Rick's always my guinea pig. Amen. That didn't sound right. But anyway, now, the word said he turned to him. Now, it literally means uh, got in his face. Are you with me? See, he wanted to say, you know, where's God, where's this? And he goes, I told you. <laughs> the Lord is with you. He's on your side. You are a mighty man of valor. Yes. You are, Rick. Thank you. Thank you. Give Rick a hand clap. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, so, he didn't seem to get that, though, at first. So, verse 15. So he said to him, this is what Gideon said, Oh, my Lord, <laughs> how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. How am I going to do this? All right? So now it's no longer just pointing, you know, at everything else and trying to make an excuse for everything else. Now he starts looking at himself. One brother years ago said he calls it paralysis of self-analysis. You sit and look at yourself too long, pretty soon you're paralyzed. 
because you start looking at your inabilities and you look at what you can't do or if you have enough. And uh, in fact, that uh, verse uh, uh, 15 where it says, how can I save Israel literally means uh, with what can I save it? And he's looking at with what? I don't have the resources to do that. I don't have the abilities to do that. Well, God ain't asking you, you know, if you have the resources or abilities to do it. He's saying, listen, I'm your resource. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll empower you. Amen. Is the Lord not with you? He's with you, right? Come on. That's the point. Amen. So it's no longer, you know, all the excuses. It's no longer, you know, everything. out. Now he's looking inward saying, I can't do this. There's no way I can do this. He said, stop looking at you. How am I going to be able to do this? Well, you ain't by yourself. He goes on. He says, indeed, I'm uh, probably my clan or my family uh, is the weakest in Manasseh. Literally means needy. We're just a needy family. So now he's not only, you know, just looking at himself. He's saying, listen, I, I even come from a whole family of guys like me. Then he goes on to say, and I, and I think in my household, I, I have definitely the weeniest of the wieners. <laughs> Let's rephrase that. <laughs> Amen. Huh? I have nothing. I am nobody. I am small. I'm, I'm puny. I'm tiny. I got nothing. My family, they, they, they're just a whole bunch of, you know, Guys, they just can't get her done, and then and I'm I'm worse than all of them. Now, I don't even know who in her right mind would even admit that, but I think he was a little bit overwhelmed because here he is, because somebody got in his face and said, "You're it." He's thinking, "No, I'm not. No, you're it." Now. You know, for whatever it's worth, how did Gideon go down in history as a mighty man of valor? It took him a minute or two, but he got it. And when he got it, he goes down in history fulfilling what God said he was, who he was, what he could do. Amen. And he did it. Amen. And God was there. God was with him. God showed himself strong. The point being, who are you? I mean, sometimes we're looking at things. We do the same thing. We might first maybe point our finger everywhere else and have an excuse for everything. Or we might look at ourselves and think there's no way. We might look at our background. We might look at our history, our past. We might look at our lineage. And none of that matters. I don't know, you know, not that, not that he always did this, but, but sometimes it's like almost like he deliberately picked the weenie. Just to prove he could get her done through anybody. Just saying. I don't think it always happened that way, but, but this particular case, this boy had no self-esteem whatsoever. Huh? 
He sat there and, you know, self-analyzed himself till he was paralyzed. And I don't know, you know, I think we all, a lot of times we sit and we read that and we kind of think, oh, that Gideon, what a guy. He just, he just didn't get it. Well, I think we've all been there. Because the Word says you're the righteousness of God, but yet you, you let your past dictate. You're an overcomer, but yet you feel overcome. You're a conqueror. In fact, you're more than a conqueror. But some days we're just coping. Are you hearing me today? Sometimes we forget who we are in Christ. Put, uh, put Jeremiah 29 on the board. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. How many know God has thoughts? I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of what? Peace. Now that word shalom uh, means wholeness. Everything working, nothing missing, nothing broken, everything functioning like it should. Um, I have thoughts of peace and not of evil towards you. Now, the word evil it means just about every evil thing you can think of. Now, there's some of you even in this room today, some watching by internet and listening by internet. You think God's down on you. God ain't down on you. You're down on you. There might be a few other people too, but, <laughs> but God's not down on you. His thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace, to bring wholeness. Well, Pastor, you just don't understand. I just don't measure up. I just don't do it all right. Well, it's a good thing you have a Savior then. Well, Pastor, I've, I've made mistakes. I've really messed it up. Well, it's a good thing there's forgiveness. Well, no, I mean, I've really messed it up. Well, it's a good thing for the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Well, Pastor, I just don't. It's a good thing there's mercy. Now, I'm not excusing sin. I'm not justifying sin. I'm not, you know, uh, you know somehow over, you know, saying that, you know, God is, ex, you know, allowing sin to continue. That's not the point. The point is this. Why are you going to let your past dictate? Somewhere you got to say, wait a minute, he either paid a price or not. The job's been done or not. I mean, you know, he went and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Meaning and signifying the price was paid. Now he's just waiting for you to grab hold of it. Still with me? To give you a future and a hope. We need to believe more in the future that God's trying to give us than we do in our whatever kind of past we have. Anybody with me? To give you a future and a hope literally means an expected end. In other words, something good's about to happen for you, praise the Lord. So my thoughts, he said, Toward you are thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's the thoughts he has. Now, back to what I said earlier. 
Right here is your B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Praise you, the Lord. Now, what do we have in here? Promises. We have, um, we have history. Um, we have, uh, we see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right? Don't we? I mean, he didn't hold nothing back. He put it all in there. And we got some forefathers who've done some great things, and yet some of them forefathers were just stinkers. A big part of this Bible was written by murderers. That were forgiven. I didn't give you a right to go out and do that. Amen. The point being is if he can use somebody like that, surely he can use you. Smile real big at your neighbor and say, mm-hmm. Right? We have men like Paul, like David. Come on, Moses. And Abraham. How many know Abraham? We're still dealing with some things that Abraham did. But yet he went down in history as the father of our faith because he did some things right. And praise the Lord, he did. Now, I'm not you know, trying to pick on anybody, but we need to understand that not everybody did everything right. But somewhere along the line, you're going to have to start believing what he says about you. You know, you know, Paul said that I've defrauded no man. Paul. No, Paul, you did. No, I've, I've done no man wrong. Paul, yes, you did. No. Nope. Somebody says, how could he say that? Because he actually believed what God said about him. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. He received that. He accepted that, and then put everything up to that point behind him and said, I'm not that person anymore. I'm this person. I'm who he made me to be. Now, it takes, it takes a little bit of guts to do that, right? Because sometimes it's hard to just overlook some things back there, especially, you know, when everybody else around you knows about it. So look at your name and go, hmm. But how many know it doesn't matter? You are who he says you are. Now, one of the things, or I'll just put it this way, it's just, you know, maybe a different way of looking at it. What you have in here with the promises, and all that's in here, um, it's, it's a language of its own. It's called a language of potential. Okay, some of you have heard me say this before. What you have is a language of potential in here. Okay? Now, the world has a language of its own, and I'm not talking about Spanish or French or English or any of that. I'm talking about it has its own language out there, and it's a language of limits. And if you just stop and listen to it long enough, it'll limit you. You can only do this much. You can only go this far. 
you can only have this much, all that kind of stuff. And it goes on and on and on. But in this Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, it's a language of potential. And so the reason it's a language of potential is because it's the mirror, and as you put your face in it, you begin to see who you are, and you begin to become who you are. So now you start walking in the potential that you're called to. Gideon, listen, Gideon was a man, of, a mighty man of valor, even though he didn't believe it. But he was a mighty man of valor. And as soon as he believed it, he became it. So we start looking in here saying that we're more than conquerors, we're overcomers. And the more you begin to be transformed into that same image, you start believing it. Pretty soon you're not held by your past any longer. You're not held by your mistakes. You're not held by whatever somebody else said about you. Come on. Because sometimes, sometimes it's people say things and do things because they're living out of their own whatever they were fed their whole life. Come on, somebody. So pretty soon it goes, and you know, we talk about generational curses. That's how it happens. Because from generation to generation to generation, they just keep saying the same thing, and it just keeps going on and on and on. Somewhere, somebody's got to say, you know what, enough's enough. The Bible says this, and that's who I am now. Look at your name and say, you're an overcomer. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're an overcomer because he says you're an overcomer, not because you feel like an overcomer. Still with me? All right, so with that said, let's go to the book of Ephesians. I want to look at a couple texts here. The book of Ephesians, chapter 1, please. Now, as I brought out beginning of the service here, um, it's a year of empowerment. So this is just one of those little tools, one of those little things, maybe one of those little pieces of the puzzle, so to speak, um, to get a hold of. If you're going to be empowered, then you got to, this is how you do it, okay? So Ephesians 1, all right? Let's go to verse, uh, let's try maybe like verse, I, I think I told you verse 3 back there. Just kind of, we'll kind of skip the intro there. Verse 3 says this, Bless, uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you there? Who has, everybody say has. Okay, now that, the word has is past tense. Right? Okay, who has blessed us. Okay. The word blessed there uh, just means an empowerment or invoke to prosper. Okay, blessed us with every, everybody say every, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Okay, the word blessing here, of course, dealing with the blessing in itself or the benefits of God. Amen. Spiritual refers to anything non-carnal, anything supernatural. Come on. Anything divine. Come on. Are you still with me? So, you know, he's talking about he has, past tense, already blessed you. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the blessed. Verse 4, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Is there anybody in here chosen? Why are you chosen?
Now, I'm just, I'm just trying to help you here a little bit because sometimes we don't feel chosen. <laughs> you know, when you were a kid, you're growing up, you know, they had recess, right? So we're going we're gonna to pick teams. And, you know, it's always inevitable. Somebody doesn't want somebody. Come on. There's always somebody standing there. Nobody picked them. And it's sad. That's a sad moment. But there's a lot of Christians doing the same thing. God says, what are you doing? Waiting to be chosen. You're already chosen. Right? So, you know, let's get out there and play. Come on. Waiting to be chosen. You're already chosen. Now, that's, that's part of your identity. You're chosen. Now, the verse verse that we read there, you're the blessed. with every, You're blessed with all spiritual blessings. Why? Because He's already done it. Past tense. He's already chosen you. Past tense. It even says before the foundation of the world. Now, He tells you hey, there's a way to do it. There's a way to make it work right. But you've already been chosen before the foundation of the I'm just saying, you know, sometimes we, we forget. We, we go along, we just kind of speed read through some of this and not even realize this is who we are. Verse 5, having predestined us. That means you have a destiny. Past tense, having predestined us to adoption. I mean, some of you may not even feel like you're part of the family, but you've been adopted into the family. Huh. To adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. It was His will to make you part of the family. Now, the purpose of all of this today is somewhere along the line, we're going to have to believe and receive what He says about us. Because it's hard to be empowered when you're too busy sidelining yourself. It's hard to be empowered when you're too busy holding yourself back based on some mistake of yesterday, yesteryear, yester decade for some of you. Are you still with me? Believe it. All right. Verse 6. To the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. You are already accepted. You don't have to try to get accepted anymore. Am I boring you? All right. You're no, you're no longer having to try to earn acceptance. Well, I'm just trying to get God to love me more. God's eyes is, is in love with you as He's ever going to be. As much, I mean, you ain't never going to get any more of God's love than you've already got going right now. God's already in love with you. But you just don't... Now listen, you already in, God's already in love with you and you're already accepted. And if we're trying to get accepted and we're trying to earn God's love, then somewhere along the line, we don't know who we are.
Look at your neighbor and say, you're accepted. Mm-hmm. All right, verse 7. In him. Now, what are you reading right now? Listen, this ain't a quick question. What are you reading? The Bible. The Word of God, the Bible, right? Okay, so this is, is this God's Word to you? Yes. Phil, is that God's Word to you? You're reading on an iPad, so is it legal? <laughs> okay, all right. Somebody's reading on their phone over here. All right, is that legal? Uh, some of you got your actual Bible. You got a pages, turn pages, right? Pages, paper, red, white, and red. Red, white, and black. There we go, right? Because some of you have a red letter. Red, what if you don't have a red letter edition? Is it legal? Okay. What if you have, a, um, you know, what if you have a, um, a different translation? Is that, you think it's legal? Depends which one we're talking about, Maybe. The point is, the word's the word, right? Okay, so this word, so in this word, okay, it says things. Now, listen, I know it's just sound like I'm just, you know, kindergarten stuff here, but I'm just trying to tell you, sometimes we, you know, we forget that all you got to do is put your nose in this and read it, and you begin to find out who you are. And the more you find out who you are, the more you become it. And then you're no longer trying to earn something that's already been given to you, you're no longer trying to be something uh, that, you know, that's already been, it's already there. Everything's there. All the good, everything you need's inside. It's already been given you. Now, I'm just trying to show you that this is how it works. You can just, you can read what, you know, what we read? Maybe about four or five verses. And you could chew on that for a month of just who you are in Christ. Amen. So, Rick. You are redeemed, purchased, forgiven, accepted, right? I know, a little uncomfortable there, but I get it, bro. But, but the point is, right? I mean, yes. what's he have to do? It's on my notes, Rick. Here, just push them over there. Just push them over there, Rick. You don't take my notes, though. Okay, what, what's he have to do? I mean, you stop me, think about it. You know, with Gideon, Gideon, you're, you're a mighty man of valor. Oh, geez, dude. You came to the wrong house. You just don't understand. Okay, where's God? Where's it? Whoa, 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 whoa. You're, you're a mighty man of valor. Well, you just don't know. Have you seen how, what I can, and I'm, I'm and, my, and my family, and no, 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 wait, wait. You're a mighty man of valor. Sometimes we're not where we need to be because we won't believe it. We won't receive it. All right. Verse 7. In Him, we have... Does that mean past tense? We have redemption. In other words, we've been purchased. A price has been paid for you. Through what? His blood. Listen, I'm... This is it. I'm telling you right here. There's, you stop trying to earn something that's already been given to you. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. 
which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. And it goes on and on. There's all, I tell you what, let's go to 2 Corinthians. Let's try another one. Are you still with me? All right, 2 Corinthians. chapter. Let's go chapter 5. What are we doing? Receiving who we are. Here, I can take all that, Rick. Thank you. Appreciate that. Well, I think sometimes what happens, you know, we, we become like Gideon and we forget due to whatever, maybe just ongoing stuff that goes on. Some of you have had some ongoing stuff, right? I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to depress you. I'm just saying that some of us had things that just seemed to kind of hang on. And, and maybe after a little while, pretty soon it just kind of whips our tail. And pretty soon we'll just find ourselves coping no different than what Gideon was doing. And the whole time, they're children of God. And all God says, listen, just, just follow when I ask. When I lead you, follow, and, and, and you just stay in the blessing. And, um, you know, they didn't, and so it, it, it became what they, what they, you know, where they, they ended up where they, where they did. But he's trying to convince Gideon, Gideon, listen, you are a mighty man of valor. That's, that's what's in you. You can do this. He says, to the point that we can even defeat the Midianites as one man. I can use you to the point, just, just through you, I can bring an end to this oppression. So, I tell you the same thing, and you could do the same thing Gideon is go, dude, even my mama don't like me. You just don't understand, Pastor. I mean, you don't know what I came through. Well, maybe I don't know what you all came through, but it, it can't be much different what everybody else comes through. Well, you just don't understand the magnitude of what I've done. Well, maybe you don't understand the magnitude of what he's done. Maybe in all honesty, if we would receive who we are, Maybe it would put us in a different place. Gideon, see, that's the point. Gideon just had to kind of get his mind renewed to what God, how God really saw him. And once he received it, he became that. When you really stop thinking, I mean, Gideon didn't walk out back and start doing pull-ups and push-ups and Grab his sword and have his workout out there and try to get himself now into warrior shape. All that happened was he, he came into an understanding and he started receiving and believing what he told him about him. And once he did that, all of a sudden he became that. Okay? 
So God's thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So Jesus comes along, pays a price. You've been purchased. Amen. A price has been paid concerning everything in your life. You've been accepted now. You're now part of a family. You're part of a kingdom. We can go to verse after verse. After. You're a part of something bigger than yourself, and all you have to do is receive it and believe it. And then all of a sudden, you become it. That's why we hang out in this language of potential. Because we feed out here in the world, we feed on nothing but a language of limits, and so our whole life is limited. And God says, you're not limited. Still with me. Second Corinthians, let's look at something here. Okay, I mentioned some of these, but I think I'm just showing you how, to do, how, to, how this thing works. Okay, verse 17 of chapter 5. Are you there? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anybody in here in Christ? All seven of you. Let's try that again. Anybody in here in Christ? Y'all know Jesus? All right. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Literally means a new species of being. Now, some of you ought to say, praise the Lord. Now, I knew some of you before. Praise the Lord. Right? I knew me before. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I truly agree with that one. Amen. So a new creation, right, literally means a new species of being. And then it goes on to explain, old things have passed away. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become have become new, right? Now all things, in other words, all those things that become new, verse 18, all those things are of God, right? All those new things. All those things now that you're becoming, right? all those new things, right, are of God. And it says, who has, here we go, reconciled us to himself, restored fellowship, right? Hallelujah. It just means, uh, really, you know, it was made different. Now you have connection with God. Now you've been restored. Amen. There's no more hindrance between you and God. Right? So, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus. In other words, all you had to do is just receive Jesus. So Jesus is the one that paid the price, right? Right? And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. I mean, some you, you don't even realize you're already called to the ministry. Okay, now, you might not be part of a five-fold ministry or something like that, but, but you're called to the ministry of reconciliation, which means uh, all you're, you're called to do is go around and tell everybody what happened to you. Verse 19 says, that is, he explains it, that God was in Christ, see, reconciling the world to himself. Remember, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Right? Come on, right? So he, paid, he sent his son, amen, to pay a price, right, because God's love for all mankind. Why? To reconcile you to him. No more barriers, no more limitations. You now can communicate with Him, fellowship with Him at any given time. Amen. Because Jesus made a way for it. Am I right? Listen, I'm not, trying to, I, I'm not trying to complicate anything. I'm just trying to show you this is how this thing works. We go along here, and all it is is you're looking into the right mirror. Some of you are spending way too much time looking in the bathroom mirror. And you're letting that mirror dictate. Now, don't get me wrong. You do need to brush your teeth. Praise the Lord. 
comb your hair, put some of that poofy stuff on. It's all good. Stop telling you not to go to the bathroom anymore and do what, take care of business. It's all good, right? The point is this. We sometimes, we have a tendency to just look how things are in the natural. And pretty soon it dictates. Pretty soon it begins to tell us something. And pretty soon it sets on limits. And now we're limited. And the whole time God says you're not limited. So he says if you would look into the mirror of God's word, you become this. So you're a new creation where old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Amen. You're now a part, so you've been reconciled unto Him based on what Jesus did. And not only that, you're called to go tell other people they can be reconciled. And He explains that in verse 19, that God was in Christ, reconciled the world to Himself, not imputing, not holding against them their trespasses, their sins, amen, but has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So He's not holding your sin against you. He tells you to go out there and tell them that He's not holding their sin against them. Now, either we're going to believe this or we're not. Some of us right now are held in bondage because of a mistake made years ago. Leave it alone. Let it go. Move forward. Amen. Believe. Amen. Receive. Amen. What He has done for you. Amen. Believe who you are. Listen, one of the quickest ways to change situations in your life is to just believe what He says about you. Some reason, the reason that some things are ongoing and never leave our life is because we still identify with it. Instead of hooking up to who we are as far as in our own identity in Christ, find out what He thinks about you. All right, let's look at the next one. Verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Hmm. How many new creations I got in the house today? Okay, how many in here are reconciled? All right, how many ambassadors in the house today? I mean, this is pretty big stuff. An ambassador, a diplomat, a senior representative, amen? So you, you, are, uh, you are a represent, representative of the kingdom, right? Okay, so uh, you're, you're an ambassador for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, amen? Now, if you, if you really thought you was an ambassador, you'd act different. I mean, really. I'm just saying. Okay. For he made him, talking about Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us. Why? Well, that we might become, right, the righteousness of God in him. Now, the word righteousness, again, means uh, rendered right or made right. It means to be in a place of right standing with. Um, the same word, just, justified, justification, righteous, righteousness, uh, right, you know, all of them all the same Greek word. It uh, just depends how it's used. The point is, is you've been placed in a place of right standing with God. Now, all I did there was just take a couple different texts and read through it, and through that you find out all kinds of things about yourself. Right? All right? We could, we could spend probably a week just dealing with each one of those things we've mentioned today. You're redeemed, you're purchased, you're accepted, you're the righteousness of God. You're an ambassador. Amen. You're a new creation. You've been reconciled. Amen. You've, you've been forgiven. I mean, we can go on and on and on. And we can go find verses say that you've been, you've been, you've been led into all triumph. 
where it says he's been, you've been given the victory. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You're more than a, a conqueror. Praise it. You're a world overcomer. These are all things that tell you who you are. And the more that you will receive and accept it, the more you become that, the more that changes who you are because you're being then transformed from glory unto glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord, it says there in 2 Corinthians 3, amen, all of a sudden you begin to take on, amen, that look, and it begins to change everything in your life. Gideon, you mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Oh, whoa, whoa, dude. The Lord's with us? Really? No, He is. No, He ain't. Yes, He is. Now, wait. I'm a mighty man of valor. Do you know where I come from? Do you know my background? Do you know what I've done or haven't done? Right? Pretty soon, see, we, we don't do it any different than what Gideon did. And pretty soon, here we are. I mean, listen, I don't want any of you. This, this message went completely different than anything I wanted today. But anyway, I don't want any of you to get to heaven and go, what? I could have had all that? What? You mean I didn't have to try to get you to love me or accept me? What? Are you kidding me? That was all mine? What? Listen, I think I think there's going to be a what room up there. I'm sure of it. I mean, you all get your own picture, but I believe if there's a bunch of you just going to get escorted to a room, and we're going to stand there for, uh, I don't know. What? Well, the Word even says, you know, uh, that you're going to find out that the enemy who had been dictating your life the whole time is just some little thing in the corner that we're going to say, he's the one? He's the one that tormented the nations and he's the one that got me to back up. He's the one. What? Now, I don't want that to happen to any of you. Look at your neighbor, get your what's out right now. Everybody go, what? <laughs> Just be done with it right there. <laughs> There's gonna, you know, I, I don't want to have to get to heaven and have to be schooled. You know, I don't know. I'd, we, I don't know how it's all going to go down. We'd like to think that when we get there, it's all, you know, none of that stuff. But we have to also understand that, you know, there's a lot of things. When we get there, we're going to be, and I, I, it's going to be a wonderful place, no doubt. But I just don't want people to get there, at least people I've had the privilege of sowing into, to get there and think, I didn't realize I had all this. I didn't realize I was already that person. I was trying so hard to be that, and all I needed to do is receive that. Amen. Now, um, why don't y'all stand up? Amen. I appreciate. It. I my my message kind of just got blown all apart today, but but um, that happens once in a while.
But um, uh, uh, grab your B-I-B-L-E. Amen. Paul. Amen. And um, hallelujah. Now, I don't know if you don't have one, then grab one out of the chair. Amen. But um, um, right here tells you everything who you are, right? And so <clears throat> next time you open this, and hopefully you all open it because we're following, I think we're in James now, right, in our, in our daily readings anyway. Come on. And so um, when you're doing that and he begins to, by the word, tell you who you are, purpose, if you have to, stop and say, that's who I am. I receive that. I accept that. Amen. Now, I think sometimes, you know, we, we go along and we hear a sermon or whatever, message or whatever, and we just kind of speed along and, and never take it to heart. And I want you to start taking this word to heart. Most of the stuff that we strain at would be done with if we just received what he said. See what I'm saying? Because we strain at stuff. We struggle at stuff as Christians. And we shouldn't have to. I said we shouldn't have to. All right? So when you open this, and, and hopefully you do regularly, you, you do just like we did there. We read, what, maybe 12 14 verses in two different texts there. And that in itself just starts defining things. And so we can go on and on and on doing that. And so all I'm saying is that when you open this thing, purpose, this is the Word of God to me. Filled with His principles, His ways, and His promises. Filled with my identity in Christ. So every time I open that, I'm looking into the mirror of God's Word and I'm beginning to see who I am and who I've been made to be. And I purpose, say that out loud, I purpose. I purpose, I purpose to receive it and accept it. Amen. So, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Amen. All right. Father, we give you praise and glory right now for the Word of God. We receive what this Word says about who we are, about what we have, about our future, about our destiny, who we are in the family of God, who we are in the kingdom, as representatives, as ambassadors. Hallelujah. We receive it. We accept it. Help us. Amen. Help us.
when we open this word to see who we've been or who we are made to be, who you've made us to be. Hallelujah. Father, I give you praise and I give you glory for this congregation, for all those watching and listening by internet. And thank you for a people of God destined for great things. Not limited, hallelujah, by any natural thing. Conquerors and overcomers. And we give you praise for it. Hallelujah. You agree with that? Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.